Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. So I've got a, a special interview here today. Uh, as, as many of you know, Hire.com is a, a sponsor of Simple Programmer. So I want to give a disclaimer here. But this interview is not a, a paid interview. So they're, they're, we're, not, we're not doing the interview necessarily to, to just uh, – to, to, it's, not, it's not a paid. I, I actually want to find out some information from, from Hire.com, and I know that a lot of you did. So, uh, so I thought I would ask Hire to say, hey, can you, get, can you give me some – uh, some of of your engineers that that are familiar with with your product, and can we talk about you know just let's just talk about what uh, what Hire.com does, how it works, and can we talk about just getting a job, right? How can you be a better candidate? Because I know a lot of you have asked me and said, oh, I, I don't know, like how how I'm gonna how, how can I uh, make it so that I'm more likely to get a job through Hire.com if I go through through them and stuff. So anyway, just to give a full disclaimer, like I said, Hire.com is a sponsor of Simple Programmer, but we love Hire.com here at Simple Programmer because they're awesome. So I thought, you know, who who better to ask about about the current job market for software developers than the people that are innovating in the job search. So that's why I thought this interview would be would be beneficial to a lot of you. So I've got John and Satya from uh, Hire.com here, and uh, they're going to answer some questions and, and kind of talk about, about Hired. So welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you, uh, you uh, taking the time. So... Um, well, maybe maybe let's start with maybe just a little bit of an introduction. Uh, maybe if you guys want to introduce yourselves and, and talk about what you do at at Hired, that that'd be pretty cool. Sure, I'll start. Um, so I'm a an engineer at Hired. I work on the product side. Uh, so I basically am a full stack developer doing Rails development, some JavaScript and HTML. 
basically um, adding new features, um, making the products easier and better to use for our users, um, and fixing bugs as they appear. That's basically what I do at Hired. Hey, I'm Satya. I am currently a data engineer at Hired. And uh, I've been here for nearly two years. For the first year or so, I was doing pretty much what John described as a full stack developer, which means working with the Ruby on Rails platform. Pretty, pretty much all the things that John said, including fixing bugs. And then about uh, less than a year ago, I started as the hired data engineer, which means I help to make sure that the data that's in our production app shows up in our analytics database and is usable throughout the company for analytics. OK, oh, great. So I, I think you know what, one of the first questions uh, that I'm, I'm interested in is just, and I think a lot of lot of my audience is interested in is is how the process works. Like what makes hired different, and what is the kind of flow? I know some people are like, oh, I, I don't know if I really want to like. So what is it? You know, if someone goes through and they go through the link, uh, which which for those of you listening, you should go to hire.com forward slash simple programmer, obviously to get, <laughs> uh, but, but if they go through there, what, what is the process? What is, is hire.com? So, um, the way to, 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 to look at hire is it's a, it's a, rev some, sometimes we call it a reverse job site. Um, you could also look at it as a talent marketplace. Mm -hmm. So try to like view it as when you sign up for hired, it's like you're, you're selling something on eBay. The thing you're selling is is yourself, your time. And so um, when you sign up, uh, we're gonna ask a whole bunch of questions about you. You know, Just like when you put something on eBay, you have to fill in all the information about the item that you're gonna sell. So when you're going on hired, you're gonna fill in a, basically as if you're applying for a job, but it's not for a specific job, it's the application to get onto the platform. And uh, we ask for a bunch of information up front, and after you submit that, then we take a look to see if there's enough demand for your skill set on our marketplace. Um, and then if that happens to be, if, there, if there's demand for your type of skill set, then uh, you'll be approved to go live on the platform. And there'll be some extra details that um, you'll be able to fill out to you know, expand your your resume, so to speak, or expand your profile on the site. And when you're when you feel like you're ready to go live, you know, once you feel like you're ready to start interviewing at companies, you can then hit go and you can go live on the site. Uh, I believe it would be the next Monday. We have currently all the candidates go live on Monday. That way the employers know when they log into their computers on Monday morning, there's a fresh batch of talented uh, programmers ready to uh, to be hired. And so uh, at that point, um, from the candidate side, you basically sit back and you wait for companies to uh, send you interview requests. So companies will look through the list of all the candidates that are live on our platform and any candidates that um, seem interesting to them, they can reach out to. Uh, they can introduce themselves, tell you about the company, tell tell you why they're interested in you. They uh, are required to include a potential starting salary. Really? Um, it's, good. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. not, it's not binding, so it still remains right. negotiable. So even if you, you get an interview request with a certain amount and it's not as much as you had hoped, um, if the company 
seems interesting, you should still pursue it because all of that can be negotiated after the interview, especially if you impress them with the interview. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's basically a, a way of getting um, quick introductions to companies that want to interview you. And it's just so much easier than applying for a job to all, you know, finding all, all these job openings and applying for them. This is like getting an inside track into uh, getting, getting uh, interview. And then on top of that, the big advantage there is that you get all these interview requests around the same time, you know, they're all within the week. And so you can uh, synchronize all of your interviews and start interviewing at the same time, which is really important for when you're trying to figure out what you want to do next. Um, it's tough when you interview at one company one week, another company another week, and it's hard to get everything to line up so that you can actually make a decision. Um, as well as for negotiation purposes, it's good to have uh, basically everything in front of you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think also, you know, one of the things that appealed to me was the uh, that uh, the idea that the companies are 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 coming to you with interviews? So any and if I understand correctly, any company that comes to you once you're live on the site, they are giving you an interview request. So you're actually going to get an interview. It's not that they're just sending you because I know you know I don't I don't want to knock the competition, but I mean I a while back and maybe they've changed it, but I was on the the Stack Overflow version. I forgot what it was called. Like you know, and 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 their job site. The problem that I had when I was a developer looking on there is that people would send me queries and I'm like well <laughs> this is a, it's slightly better than, yeah. than me setting out stuff but it's not passive because I don't like just I don't want to deal with the back and forth I want you like if you want to interview me then then that's good so I think that's uh, to me that makes a lot of sense and and just the idea that you know one of the things that I've always encouraged developers to do on this uh, simple programmer is is this idea of like marketing yourself so that you've got people coming to you rather than you reaching out because there's a lot of overhead, right? And so I, I like this idea of you just do it once, you get on the platform, and now the request, it's coming to you and it's filtered already because it's at the interview level where you can actually take action. So you're not, you don't have a lot of overhead and waste time. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, by having the, uh, um, the salary amount up front, you, you know ahead of time, even before you interview, if you're even on the same page, you know, if, if it's even worth your time to actually go through the interview. Right, yeah, that makes sense. So what are some of the things that people can do to, you know, I guess this is a slightly different strategy, right? Because if you're applying for for jobs, one thing that I, I always encourage developers, is I say, okay, well, look at the job description, right? And tailor your resume specifically to that job, right? You know, rephrase what they said so that you're the you want to be the perfect match so they're like wow this is awesome this guy's like exactly it's it's like he read the job description and modified his resume because that's what you did <laughs> right because that's or and, and make the cover letter like because that's the level of that that's going to get you but when you're looking at something like hired where you're filling out more of a generic application in what what kind of tips like what kind of things is going to make a candidate better, more likely to get approved on the platform, and more likely to get the interviews. And I'm assuming those are pretty close to the same thing because you want, you obviously want good candidates on the platform so that they're going to get interview requests from companies. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Um, so a lot of the same tips that you would give for someone crafting a resume would apply here as well. Of course, what you mentioned, being able to tailor make it for particular employers isn't going to work. 
Um, but uh, the concept of putting your, your, your skills up front, um, a lot of the people that use the site are looking for, for particular skill sets. You know, they want to see, do you know React? Do you know Rails? Do you know Python? Like each company has their own special interest. Um, so it's good to put that up front because that gives you an edge. Um, Which, uh, by the way, the skills that they're looking for do tend to vary across markets. In San Francisco, I believe uh, Ruby is very popular. In other markets, uh, .NET might be more popular. By other markets, I mean uh, Austin. We're still in Austin, right, John? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Or, or New York or, yeah. uh, or other places. Yeah, sorry, I, I meant our John, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the, the skills that are in demand vary across markets. And of course, as a programmer in any given market, you would know what, what's in demand. So accordingly, yeah. as John said, uh, up, up your skills on, uh, on the resume. And I believe we still have uh, the talent advocates that will help you uh, polish your profile once you get on the site. Uh, okay. John, John, please continue. Abrams, please continue. Yeah, yeah, we actually do have, um, so we have um, someone who's known as, as a talent advocate that gets assigned to each candidate that, that gets accepted onto the platform. And they'll help you, um, basically they'll, they'll provide personalized advice to getting your profile uh, looking great. Um, and so there's that. Uh, and as Satya said, uh, do research on your in your local market. Um, you know, go to local meetups and and research the local companies in your area to know what the popular uh, technologies are there. Although, like by the time you're ready to go on hired, like um, you, you should you should you should know these technologies already. Like so, that's more of a strategy right. towards building your career. But like once you're ready to go on hired, uh, the best is just to put. Uh, this you know your skills for you know so like if you are really into angular put angular as your first skill um, right, right. basically you want to be honest is 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 is, is the tip there um, because if a company is say looking for an angular developer and they see angular on your skills and then it turns out you can't answer any angular questions in the interview it's going to be very embarrassing um, so put your skills for it first right, um, right. we have um, a big section of the profile called the summary where it's just this free form text area where you can like tell your whole life story and what you're great at a lot of people spend a lot of time on there um, but from what I've heard um, don't even get that far into the profile before they send the interview request um, so it's just a matter of like it's almost out of your hands in that you just want to be honest. You want to put in your skills. You want to put in your work history. You want to put in your, your education history. And um, at that point, uh, you just hope for the best. Uh, just hope that you, you've got what uh, people are looking for at that time. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I would, you know, I've always advised developers on a, a simple programmer to to try and to be specialists right and it sounds like that's the story because i think a lot of people would say oh you know and then this was what i used to do way back when and i still i still argue with developers all the time and they're like oh they check all the boxes they're like yeah i know sql and i know angular and i know linux and i know windows and i know mac and i can do word and so they list all these skills and yeah they, they can do, you know, I mean, if I listed all the programming languages I've ever done, I could probably list 15 programming languages. But if I were applying for a job today and I wanted an Angular job, I would pretty much list, like I would I'd make that, I might list a few other ancillary ones that went along with it, but I wouldn't list the whole thing because I want someone to say, oh, dang, this guy, he, he must be an expert in this particular thing. Is that, 
is that the same kind of thing that yeah. would apply on, on hired? Yeah, that totally applies on hired. We've seen some people who put in like 30 skills or whatever, and it starts to look like a LinkedIn profile. And uh, you, you probably don't want to do that because then it looks like you're just, you know, throwing everything at the wall. You know, it's hard to believe that someone can be an expert in Python and Ruby and C and you know, like hundreds of other things when, you know, a, a lot of programmers who've been doing it for, you know, uh, a lot of years, they, ha they have touched on a lot of various technologies, but you don't have to put every technology you've ever worked with in there. You know, I spent years developing C at the start of my career, but I'm not going to put that into my profile if I don't expect or want to work in C. And yes, that's right. If, if you don't want to work in a language that you know, you probably don't want to put that on your profile at all. On the other hand, uh, putting more things on your profile could help with showing up in search results. Right, John? I mean, you, you're really familiar with the employer facing side of things. So yeah, you could yeah. show up in search results, but uh, let's say I'm searching for an Angular programmer, like John said, and I find John, and he has listed, uh, let's say, uh, Java.net uh, XML, and Angular is somewhere at the end of that list. I'm going to skip over him, in, even though he showed up in my in my search. Uh, on the other hand, if I see that John's listed Angular first, I would be more prone to look deeper into his profile. Right. Yeah. So putting technologies in there that you don't want to work with is is a negative signal. Like you, you don't want to do that because it harms your ability to be matched with employers that that uh, you're looking for. Because um, we we have you know we have some candidates that go on the platform who don't get a lot of interview requests for whatever reason. And then we have some candidates that get too many. They get, you know, 20 right. or 30. They don't have to handle it. And so both situations is a matter of having the right skills listed and the right skills put as a priority, um, as well as just, you know, uh, another thing to that we can't forget that it's very easy to gloss over is um, get a good picture of yourself. Um, yes. A lot of people don't even upload a picture and then we have a team that like just grabs some random stock photo and puts it in for you. And that's going to hurt your ability to, to get uh, interview requests. So take a nice picture of yourself. Um, look friendly. It doesn't have to be a professional photo. Just make your face clearly visible. Right. Um, and make it, make it look like you care. Like, like make your profile look like you care about finding a job, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world. It's, it, it's true. I mean, it's a superficial, like people, like no matter how you, how you slice it, people are going to judge a book by its cover. So I, I, this is one of those things that I, that I, I recommend all the time is like, and you know, one, one of the tips that I, that I have for developers for that is like, when you're getting the family photos taken, just ask a photographer say hey could you do a headshot for me and then you've got you know it's a semi-professional photo and it's going to look good and and yeah. use that same one every single place so that you've you've got that branding element but yeah, yeah that's a that's a really good really good tip a lot of people don't realize how important that is i mean in in five seconds we we make an instant assessment of a person and so that photo is really really important yeah we actually um, have a feature on our site on the employer side so as a candidate you're not going to encounter this but we have this feature for employers that they can opt into where they can uh, enable a bias filter. And so when they're browsing through the candidates, it hides their names and their photos. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, the, the employers just get to see the candidates' initials and, uh, and uh, like a generated picture that's just squares. Oh, okay, okay. I, I thought for a second there that you're gonna tell me about a, what, I forget what the, 
that uh what is that there's this wacky branch of science they're kind of bringing it back now where they look at the facial features like how big your forehead is and stuff right i, I forget what it's called like technology yeah yeah i thought i thought you were gonna say yeah we've got that for employers they can be like oh yeah this guy looks like a criminal so <laughs> yeah no we have the opposite of that yeah <laughs> More, more, more. We're going more the meritocracy route then, right? Like the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That that makes sense. But for the ones that are are going to look at the photos, I, obviously it makes sense to have a. You, you should, you know, have. You might as well have a, a good good foot in the door. Like you might as well put your best foot forward. I, I'd say. So. It's the same tip for if you want people to follow you on Twitter. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, so that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, with the specialization thing too, I, I always, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I I like to use the example of of how, you know, if you're if you're committed, if you're convicted of a murder, when you're looking for a lawyer, you don't look for a lawyer that says, "Oh, I'm a criminal defense lawyer, but I also do tax law and estate planning and divorce law." That he, okay, maybe he's good, but you want the guy that's like. I can get you to beat a murder rap. <laughs> That's what I specialize in. And it's yeah. the same thing, like employers are looking for the same thing. They're like, yeah, you know, maybe you're a genius and you can do all this stuff. But if they're looking for an angular guy and you're an angular guy, mm -hmm. that uh, makes sense to me, so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there was something else I was gonna ask you about when what, that you brought up there about the, um, I, can't, I can't remember what it is, but. Uh, I'm trying to think what it what it was. We talked about the picture, the specialization key. Oh yeah, yeah. So with the with the with the keyword. So so a candidate having too many interviews, to me that it would indicate that they're not being specific enough. And and I think I think a lot of people might think in terms of and maybe you've got some idea, maybe some data on on the the offers or or what their their starting salaries is. But my guess would be. If you're not getting enough offers, if you're not getting enough interview requests, that's that's one problem. But if you're getting too many, my guess would be your mean starting salary that they offer you would be lower because you're not matching as specifically. Whereas again, if you took that murder case, right, you know, when OJ Simpson hires a, a defense attorney, he's gonna be really, really expensive. He he's gonna pay a lot of money for that person because they're very specialized in what he wants what the result that he wants and so I would assume the same thing are you seeing that kind of correlation with data yeah um, uh, so I don't have the data in front of me and I haven't looked up that specifically but um, I, I wouldn't expect it to be to to appear so much in the interview request salary amounts mm -hmm. um, but you did bring up a good point in talking about salary because there is a feature on our site where as a candidate you can specify your preferred salary and I think that is a big factor in determining how many interview requests you get. So oh. a lot of candidates will set too high of a preferred salary. Um, and a lot of employers will be turned off by it. Um, they'll put in, you know, whatever they're earning now plus 20% or something. You know, they're, they might be happy at their current job, but they just want to see if they can, you know, get a big boost in their career. And so they'll go onto the site and put in a huge preferred salary and then they don't get very many interview requests. Um, Conversely, if if you're you are like a really good developer with like you know ten years of experience and you you you've worked at like Netflix and Facebook or whatever, and then you put in a really low starting salary, you're gonna get yeah a lot of interview requests. So picking the right 
preferred salary is important as well. And it's a little tricky. Um, our, our talent advocates are, are pretty good to talk to about uh, that sort of, sort of thing if, if you don't know what to set. Okay. Yeah, that, that would make sense to me. I, I would think that you'd want to optimize it where you're getting, you know, just the right amount, maybe like four to five interview requests where, you know, because 20 is too, because you only need one job. You can only do one job unless you're that, you know, unless you outsource your job, like that one guy that, in the, I read about in the news that had this whole job. He was, he had this whole job outsourcing. He was working another job, but um, you eventually get caught doing that. But, <laughs> but you only need one job. Yeah. So. To be clear with hard though, um, these these are requests to interview. Like you're you're still right. able to say no to them, and it's not a big deal at all to say no. Um, th that way you're not wasting anyone's time. Uh, but uh, so yeah, like if you have even like ten interview requests, you could accept you know four or five of them, and you can totally interview at four or five companies within a two or three week period, and it's it's not a huge deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Most uh, most companies start the interview process once you accept their interview request. Most companies, I believe, start with a phone screen anyway. So you might right. as well just schedule all of those in one day, get get it over with, and then you know you've got you've got a bunch of companies filtered out. Right. Uh, I had another point about that, but I forget what it is. So move on. That's that's the one where you you go into work and you're like ah I got a really long business appointment today. <laughs> well, I can't say anything about that strategy. <laughs> Uh, and, and well, okay, and then and then and then the other piece of this, I, I believe that uh, if I have this correct, you also like okay. So let's say that I work at Facebook right now, and I'm I go to hire.com and I put in the thing, and then my biggest concern would be that Facebook is on there, <laughs> and then they're looking at and they're like, oh, this guy's looking for another job. So you do filter it, right? So like if I the candidate is not going to like they're going to be able to trust you and, and say okay you know you're not going to show you're going to hide this from my current employer right yes so that's true we we filter out you from appearing uh mm. to any employer that you currently work for um so yeah you specify you work for company x when company x logs in and looks through all the candidates they won't see you okay that's, that's something we do um uh, at the same time, though, uh, like different employers have like friends, like it, the word get around. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's the same risk as if you applied for a job at another company. Someone at that other company could tell the CEO of your current company. So it, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we don't have some kind of guarantee that they won't find out somehow, but they won't find out from us. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I try to encourage people to, to live as if everything they do is public because we're, we're going to that era in 10 yeah. years. We'll be there. Right. There'll be cameras everywhere. We'll be. So, yeah. yeah. So you should just assume that, especially if you post anything on the Internet. Right. It's just it, it might as well consider that public. Yeah. Especially as, as a programmer, like we're very in demand right now. economically, yeah. And so, like, I, I find it very hard to imagine an employer like just firing someone because you're looking at, you know, for other opportunities. If anything, they're going to use it as a, as a chance to, you know, make you want to stay and like try to make you happier and try to fix your problems. So um, at the same time, you know, everyone's uh, situation is different and we will keep you hidden from your current employer. If yeah. that's what you want to do. But as a tip, as like a career tip, uh, I agree. I, I, I totally believe in being transparent and open 
and yeah. talking to your manager. It should like if you decide to leave your current job, it shouldn't come as a surprise to your manager. As someone who's made that mistake in the past, you know, I regretted doing that. You know, I just kept um, my problems to myself, didn't tell my manager about it until I found a, a job to switch to, and then I told him, and then yeah, I regretted it because he he felt like he wasn't even given a chance to make things better, and he probably could have. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm. I, I guess I might argue that if he doesn't have a good pulse, then you know, you, you might you might throw some of the blame there too. Because if he, if he's sure. not checking in with you often enough, but then... but they're not mind readers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very easy to put on a brave face and say like everything's good, boss. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so then also, I think a lot of people have said to me, they said, Hey, I didn't get accepted on hired. Yeah. <laughs> now, and, and some, some, you know, obviously by some of the emails I've gotten where they've decided not to use, uh, any shift keys at all or any, any punctuation. I, I, I know why they didn't get on the plot. Like it didn't matter where they were at geographically. <laughs> like if you can't send me a decent email, mm, okay, that's a pretty good indicator so those people are, are beyond beyond help but yeah. geographically right that matters a lot as well as the skills in the particular domain i know you can't like give out all the the data but just yeah. for, for those people that are like well i'm a really good developer and i put and i wrote a really good application what happened what what could happen that could prevent someone from getting accepted on the platform assuming so that you know we have we have certainly very certainly uh rejected people who are fantastic developers yeah. and we probably should not have rejected them like we make that mistake way too often uh, we're constantly getting better we're trying to get better at it um, unfortunately like when someone fills out a profile um there's not a lot of information there like we don't see your full potential on there and we're looking into ways to try to test you more technically um with providing more technical tests to, to prove yourself beyond just what your education and work history is but generally that's what it's based on is your is your work history your education history uh what skills you're you're focused on um located or but more more importantly than where you're located uh it's where you're willing to work and where you're able to work so right. uh like work like a lot of the jobs on hired are in the US. And we operate in Canada, UK, France, Australia, and Singapore as well. But um, a lot of the, if, if you're not able to work in any of those locations, you have right. no chance of getting on because that's where all of our, our, our clients are um, that are using the, the platform. So, um, yeah, if you get rejected, it could be due to any of those reasons. Um, if, your only um, programming credentials is that you went to a developer boot camp. Um, you may be a fantastic developer, and, a, and we actually have uh, developer boot camp graduates working at Hired, and they're fantastic. Right. Um, but that may not be enough to like prove that that employers are going to be satisfied with it because a lot of employers aren't interested in that. So we basically listen to uh, the people using our platform and looking for developers. So if they say uh, we, you have too many um, boot camp graduates, then we'll we'll turn that filter up a bit, and fewer boot camp grads will get in. And it, you just got unlucky, perhaps because you're a boot camp grad and you didn't make it through. 
the you know that month the number of bootcamp grads again. So um, just because you got rejected doesn't mean you're a bad developer. Uh, it right. doesn't doesn't mean you're gonna you're not gonna be able to find a job or anything. Um, so like definitely don't give up at that point. And um, yeah, uh, I would recommend just do more programming. Like the more programming you do, the better developer you get. It'll it'll do do like open source development, uh, contribute to projects. Um, if you can prove yourself to us, you can. If you can prove yourself to an employer, you can prove yourself to us. It's the same same thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that, and that and that logically makes sense because. Right. Like this is more of the of the even though this is a different approach to the to to applying for a job, this this the strongest candidate here is going to be the one that looks good on paper as far as the academics, as far as the experience, because you're going through the more traditional HR, like the person filtering it, whereas, you know, the the strategy first that I would give someone for a boot camp graduate is, hey, you got to get in there. You got to know people. You got to get in the back door. And so that's the difference. So I guess that's just yeah. you know, just to put it out there that the, that the people that's going to play to their, if your strength is, if you're like, I graduated from MIT and I worked at Facebook and Apple, bam, this is great because it's going to take a lot of the work out of your hands yeah. and, and you're going to be able to get a, a bunch of interviews and, and that's it. You're, you're going to be, ex, you know, excel in the platform. But if the, you're... Uh, sorry, the hypothetical profile that you just described would probably shoot to the front of our queue, whatever queue we have. That's that's a pretty good profile, just based on those yeah. few things you said. Right. Okay. And then that's not an indicator that I mean, you could not be you could be a not very good developer and have those credentials, but that's what companies are going to assume is going to be, and that's what you know. So so I guess that's that's the kind of the, the front door approach. Whereas yeah. you know the Russian hacker that is really good, but and graduate from a boot camp and can't work in the U.S. He's filled out an awesome hire.com profile, but and he's an awesome developer, but it's just not going to go anywhere because you know Facebook isn't going to sponsor an H1B visa for this guy and and him not have any experience. Yeah, unfortunately, the visa situation here in the U.S. has gotten really dire uh, yeah. as of late. It's like almost impossible to get H1Bs at this point. Um, but you know, it's worth a shot if that's what you want to do. You know. Um, yeah. But it gets to the point, like of of looking good on paper. Like, um, it, it's this concept known as external validation, mm -hmm. right? So you know you're good, like you you're working at your craft. You're trying to get better every day as a developer. Um, and then how do you prove it to someone else? How do you prove it to a total stranger, a stranger you haven't even met? And so external validation, basically, someone outside of you, someone other than you, saying, "Hey, this guy's good." That'll, that goes a long way. And so the traditional form of external validation has been going to school right. and going to like the best school because the better the school you graduate from, the better the validation you have as a developer or as a, you know, as a, as a employee, potential employee, you know, you're, the more capable you are, like the, the, the tougher the school you graduated from, in theory, the smarter or more capable you are. Um, but with the, the great thing about programming these days is there's so many different paths to to getting into development like you don't have to go to an ivy league school to do this right. sort of thing some kind of external validation um beyond that like having a robust github profile so if you don't have the school background having a robust github profile um a lot of activity on stack overflow 
that sort of stuff uh, really helps to, sh to, to demonstrate that you can do what you say you can do. Now, what about, um, yeah, and I totally agree with you for as far as these are kind of the things that I recommend for developers. Uh, and so if someone applies through hired or do they have the ability to put like a link to their blog and something like because oh, that's absolutely absolutely yeah we have a whole section of the profile devoted to links to stack overflow github uh dribble for the designers out there uh your personal blog or whatever other website you want to put in and of course you can put links in your summary as well right okay yeah so then if you've got you know if you can build up that authority like you said that external validation and you've got a really popular programming blog or you've got a really popular github repo or something like that then that's gonna that might counterbalance the the lack of you know you just you didn't go to college or, or something like that right you know yeah okay yeah. well that ma that makes uh that makes a lot of sense and uh, and uh, and and oh, I, I guess it's worth asking too because so so we briefly touched on the H one B visa, but if someone is applying like in my in in, in the simple program audience and they are outside of the of the U S. and let's say you know you know outside of really if they're more third world country like more of a place where because there's a lot of a lot of audience especially on, on youtube that that you know they're trying to get their start they want to come and work in the u.s they're constantly i know i get a lot of emails what's what's the realistic chances or do they have any chance on on hired is this not the right thing for them it's to be honest it's 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 an uphill battle um if you don't have the ability to work in one of our active markets um so I, I can say as a Canadian myself uh, working in the U.S., there, it's a lot easier. There's a special visa for Canadians that have post-secondary education, right. uh, relevant post-secondary education. They can get a special visa under NAFTA, um, unless Trump gets rid of NAFTA. But uh, Canadians can easily get a work visa to work in the U.S. Uh, H-1Bs is basically the the catch-all work visa for, for um, a tech or someone, but even an H-1B requires you to have an advanced degree. So you need to have an education from a post, uh, like an accredited post-secondary school. A de developer bootcamp does not qualify for H-1B. And unfortunately, the H-1B system is totally swamped uh, at this point. There's way more demand than there is available supply, um, but it is a lottery. So, your odds of getting the H1B is just as good as anyone else that applies at this point. Um, I, I, the latest I heard, like I'm not a, a lawyer, I'm not an immigration expert, but I heard it's about a one in three chance of getting it. So even, but even to get to that point, you need to interview at a company, get a job offer, sign the job offer, then they apply for the visa for you. The application has to occur in early April. And then you find out in like June or July that you get it. And then you, then you can only start work in October. And so even if you are one of the lucky ones, you still have to go through that whole process. And, it, and the timing is so critical and so tricky that it's just very hard for companies to do at this point. I can't imagine any San Francisco startup going through that process, any. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens from that. We'll see if um, more startups are, are going to be willing to do remote work and things like that. Right now, there's not a lot of demand for remote work on our platform. But it's definitely something we're we're looking into and hoping to expand in the future. Okay. And what about for those employers out there? Because I know that some a lot of my audience is actually people who employ software developers. What what kind of things? What makes them? 
what's what's going to help them to succeed on on hired or the kind of advice would you give them for for the current job market on getting people i know it's hard to get developers today right it's like hard to get good developers they're actually it's kind of funny because we have this we have this feast or fan well we've got a whole bunch of developers that are like i can't get a job i'm a great developer i know all this stuff and then we've got all these companies that say i can't find anyone and you know there's this this gap uh because it because every company wants the best developers they don't want the <laughs> yeah i think i think that that mismatch where you have the two sides who claim they can't get what they want um a large part of that is i would actually put the blame on on uh the interview process mm -hmm. perhaps because a lot of times an employer's interview process is is testing specific things that the developer might not have just the test is wrong you know the, the the candidate being interviewed might actually be a fantastic developer but um you know they spend all their time writing javascript code and doing jquery or angular and then they get asked to you know how to balance a red black tree uh right. <laughs> and it's like totally different and irrelevant um so uh, my recommendation to employers is uh sign up for hired you'll get lots of great candidates uh available to interview um, and then uh, have a, you know, take a close look at your interview process and try to test the, the, the things that you actually want them to do. Have them do exercises that are related to the work to be done. Um, but then there's like the other issue of like, how do you stand out as an employer? So like, how do you get a candidate to accept your interview request? Right. And so for that, I recommend um, be, you know, just putting your, best foot forward, like tell a great story, talk about how, it, thing is, is like different candidates are looking for, di are looking for different things. Um, so since it's the employer reaching out to the candidate, uh, your recommendation from before of like tailor making your, your uh, CV for particular employers, the reverse applies here. So for the employer, they can read the candidate's profile, they can get a, a feel for what this candidate is looking for, and then try to address that when you first reach out to them with your interview request. So if this candidate is looking to change the world, tell them how you're changing the world and how the candidate yeah. can help be a part of changing the world. The candidate's looking to, you know, improve their Node.js skills, you know, highlight the cool work you're doing with Node.js, that sort of thing. So data yeah. making uh, is, is my top recommendation. Um, and reach out to a lot of candidates too. So it's kind of like um, you want to tailor make it, but you want to reach out to a lot of them. Um, in that uh, a lot of a lot of like candidates can't accept all the interview requests that they receive, so it's a bit of a numbers game as well. So anyone that looks interesting, um, make a reasonable offer to them, and hope for the best. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that idea of tailoring it actually on the employer side as well, because I mean, so many developers now are used to LinkedIn spam, right? And, you know, I still get LinkedIn spam and I'm like, look, I run my own company. I'm semi-retired. I'm basically retired. Like you haven't done any research because if you just Googled my name, you would not send me a generic, like, especially you wouldn't be like, in trying to send me a thing to apply for a QA position. What, like a low level QA position doesn't yeah. even make sense. And so that's, it's like an instant delete. And, and even, you know, but you know, there have been people that have like hit me on LinkedIn and have said, Oh, you know, I was I was checking out your YouTube channel, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I I might not even be interested. Like, you know, you might not have done enough research to know that I wouldn't want a job, but 
but I'll talk to you now and maybe I'll actually refer someone, right? Because, because you actually care. So I, yeah. I think that that would make, that makes, that's a, that's great advice that, that you gave for, for employers, I think. So. And I think it's important too for employers to realize that hired is very different from LinkedIn. So mm. like the biggest differentiator between us and LinkedIn is the fact that the candidates who are live on our platform are actively looking for a job right now. And right. so when you reach out to them, there's, you have a much higher chance that they're going to actually see, read what you're sending them and respond. So it's worth the extra time to tailor make a message you send to them compared to LinkedIn where it's, it's not worth your time to tailor make a message you send to an engineer because they're probably not even looking for a job. They, right. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. The, the phrase we want to use there is high intent. These candidates are high intent. They are definitely out looking for a job, not just cruising. Yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, and that and that's that's a really good argument, I think, for for using using the platform is because you're and, and they're filtered, highly filtered at this point. So you're getting, you're, it's saving you a lot of time. So that, that's what and that's that's the thing that really attracted me when when you guys you know first proposed doing sponsorship for simple programmers and said, well, this is great because this is kind of the kind of thing that I totally recommend people to do is like. Both on both sides of it is how can you automate? How can you get rid of the overhead, right? Because applying for five thousand jobs, that's a pain in the butt. It's a waste of time. And on the employer side, filtering through. I mean, I've I I hire people all the time and trying to <laughs> go through all these resumes and do all these. And it's like you just need to get get a good filter. So by having it on both sides, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and then, oh, go ahead. Yeah, when I, when I signed, so I got my job at Hired was using Hired. So I signed up for Hired because as an engineer, uh, it, it seemed like a more attractive way of, of doing the job search. And I already went over that earlier as like the, the pros of it. Um, and then uh, now that I've been working at Hired and get to use the other side of the product where, where you do the hiring part, it's also yeah. a lot more pleasant too. Like I thought, I didn't realize it would be a non-zero-sum game. You know, it's both sides benefit from this new way of interacting with each other. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, I think I think that's about all that I've I, I've got, uh, got got questions, and you know, it's I'm I'm pretty excited. Like like I said, I think this is this is to me this is the the future. This is the way that this should be done because it's it's a waste of time with the the, the current way that we're, we're you know doing job searches and applying for all these jobs and and things like that. If we can have these kind of filtered platforms, that makes yeah. a lot more sense to me. So so thanks for yeah thanks for taking the time, you guys for. Uh, and, and and for doing what you do well thanks for having me yeah thank you keep up the great work all right thanks a lot all, all right. right i'll uh i'll i'll talk to you all later take care and uh take care john and satya ciao Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.